When you adopt this lifestyle of simplicity, you actually save a lot of money. But we just got rid of our block knife. Wait, is that right? Knife block. Knife there you block. go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, something about that feels very wrong. <laughs> you know? For me, major trigger of stress is when the horizontal spaces are messy. Spark. I'm Angela Wagner. And I'm Nicola Skino. And together we're here as your hosts for a mix of happy hour style venting and results-based coaching. Spark is a judgment-free space where we'll chat about both the brilliant bits of life as well as the bits that are a little more sucky. With lightness, laughter, and the belief that there's no such thing as oversharing, we'll guide you in finding clear paths out of murky messes and toward discovering inspiration in everyday moments. This week, we have part two of our deep dive discussion into clutter and how we can add so much freedom and joy into our lives by only keeping what we love and need. All right, welcome back. Oh, yeah. Decluttering part two. I know. We both we were just talking about how the last episode, you and I both got so excited. We just kept going. And then we were like, wait, there's a part two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this stuff just I get like a, a high off of it. It's awesome. I know. And I'm seriously so excited about the program we're working on creating because like I, oh my God, you and I, like that's all we get to do is help people with this. Like we're going to be insane. I mean, I was telling my sister about it. She is so, she is so ready for it. She'll be our first one. (laughs) I know. And I, um, I worked with a client over the Christmas break. She's one of the girls that was in one of my teacher trainings years ago and she's moving. And so she had like stuff that was really like, I think it was an office that we worked on. So I went to her house and I normally don't do in-home stuff just because I don't generally have time, but I know her personally and just like adore her. So I was like, uh, I love, you know, we opened up champagne and had the best afternoon, but it was just so awesome and helpful for her and for me. Like, it's just so like, therapeutic even when it's other people's stuff but it's like because we got to like some of the stuff she was like it was more of the sentimental items that she was like really struggling with like what do I do with but it was say like a box of frames that she moved here from another location that had been here for two years and then like never put out the frames and then was moving again and she's just like um, what am I going to just keep moving these boxes of frames like clearly I don't really love them you know <laughs> yeah. so it was cool like we went through each item and this is something that you and I can help people with on the group calls and stuff that we do but like we went through each item and kind of talked through it. And so it was like very therapeutic for her. And it was helpful for me too. And it was like, I got to know her better and kind of know more about her life because of it. And then it's like through this process, you know, she really released a lot of it. And then the stuff that was really important to her, she, you know, made a commitment to display in her new home. And then she got so fired up and it just, it gives you energy, right? Like just getting started. And then she like wrote me this text and the, the next week she just went to town. And like a lot of stuff that had been kind of weighing on her, she was able to let it go. So. Yeah, I I think it's just so empowering. I think that release empowers you not just like for the next step of decluttering, but in so many ways, like you just get this adrenaline rush off of it and then you're ready to take on. Yes. And another benefit that we haven't talked 
as much about that's really important, I think, is that when you adopt this lifestyle of simplicity, you actually save a lot of money, right? So like, if you think about all the things that you quote, de-own, I love that word, de-own, but the stuff you get rid of, you donate, whatever, that's a ton of money you spent, especially if you're talking about like clothes that still have tags on them, or you took the tag off, but you never wore it, random kitchen gadgets that you thought you were going to use and you never did or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you added all that up, it's insane, right? So when people start to adopt this lifestyle and they stop taking all this stuff in, and you really only buy what you love and need, then you don't spend that much money. And so you can save a ton of money for bigger trips or just have money in the bank. Or some people just stop living. Like some people pay off their debt this way. Some people, you know, who thought they couldn't like, you know, join a fancy gym or yoga studio or something like, or like I've been really into doTERRA essential oils. And a lot of people are like, oh, I really want, they're so expensive. And so it's like, I don't even blink at spending 150 bucks a month on my oils and my products because they add so much positivity to my life, but I'm not spending money on all these other things. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can then be so much more intentional with your money. And that's awesome. And that's freedom. It is because you start to learn when I worked with my sister, she was starting to focus on what's really essential in her home. And once you start looking at things from that perspective, you start doing it in everything. So you're like, you're paying your bills and all of a sudden you're looking at your bills going, okay, some of this is not essential. It does not make me happy. And you really start using that, that essential mindset on everything. So it's super cool. There's a lot of money to be saved for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really, really pretty remarkable. It's such a huge benefit. So beyond all the other things we talk about that, that's a big one. All right, so let's move on to our sucky moment of the week. Here's our sucky scale. One being kind of sucky, five being super sucky. One, <sighs> two, three. Seriously? Four. Five. All right. So when I created this yesterday, I rated this a three, but it has moved up to a four. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So John has been going to work early. He's had some extra meetings and things. And then I think I referred in the past episodes about now the kids are going to school on Fridays. And so Fridays, I have to get the kid. I have to like he leaves before they're even up and then I have to do like everything and get them there. Now school's only a, literally a less than a mile away. So that part's not stressful. But with it being so cold and all that, there's just like a lot of extra stuff we have to do. But the kids are at the stage where like they listen to nothing. And so like I have them finish breakfast by eight and we need to leave the house by like 825. So I'm like, okay, we're going to get ready right now. And I kid you not this morning, from eight o'clock to 8.30 is when I finally got them to get their coats on. All we did was try to get them dressed. That is it. Oh my goodness. I mean, it, to the point of where Zoe finally got her coat on and I smelled poop and I was like, they're changing it at school. Like I'm not, like, like <laughs> so I got to school and I was like, by the way, she's got a fresh poop. I pay you guys good money to change her diapers, but. 
I mean, I'm literally like, I don't know what to do. So any parents out there, if you have any suggestions, please write me, Angela at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com because I don't know, three and a half year old and 20 month old. I mean, even Zoe, she was fighting me every step of the way and I had her in her crib so that I contained her. So like, I thought I had more control over the situation. <laughs> no, she was like doing yoga. She had her yoga book. She's doing yoga. She's like laying, she's like night, night. She's laying on her tummy. So I can't like put her outfit on her. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, man. So um, my inspired action, and I've been getting better at this, but you know, I still have to figure out more. It was to just literally have every single thing set up the night before. And so we've always gotten like their clothes out. That's really helpful. But I literally like we make oatmeal in the morning. Now it's like the bowl. Every single thing that doesn't need to be refrigerated, their dishes are on ready to go in the morning. Like everything is out in its place. And so I don't have to do any of it. And then I've been getting up. Um, getting myself dressed and ready to go. And I can't even make my cup of coffee because Luke is obsessed with like making my coffee in the morning for me. Oh, yeah, I did it once. And he just started screaming and crying that I did it. So anyway, so that's really helpful. And I think, you know, that can really help anybody at any stage in life, right? So it's like, especially with clothing, if you go to work and you have like, it's just sometimes so challenging to figure out what to wear. And then you try it on, it doesn't fit right. So it's like, just having your outfit already planned, already ready to go down to the jewelry, you know, set up all your hair stuff, your makeup, whatever you need to do, you have your shoes at the door, your hat and coat, like your purse with your keys, like all the little things that take so much extra time of like running and running out, you know, and just do it as much as you can ahead of time. So that's my inspired action. Um, I don't know. I know you probably already do all of that, right? Oh, well, I did before Fiona. Now things, <laughs> <laughs> things are taking a much different turn now with her. Everything takes a lot longer, which is kind of funny. So I'm learning how to plan. I'm still definitely in the learning stage. This has not been mastered, but I think we've talked about it in a previous episode, but how like when I would come home from work in the evenings and I would get everything ready for the next day, like I'd lay out my yoga clothes. I would have my Q-tips ready even for once I got out of the shower so that my Q-tip was ready to roll in the morning. I was such a nerd about it. But yeah, life is a little different now. So we're still working on that. We're under construction in that area. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and in your case, it's like the opposite of like allowing your word of flexibility to come into play because, you know, you can plan all you want and then, you know, babies yeah. just throw it out the window. But to that point, you know, there's always going to be situations and people and kids or whatever that throw us off. There's still a lot that we can think through ahead of time, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. And that takes away so much of the stress. And also in this whole idea of simplifying, like when you have less stuff, you know where everything is. Everything has a place and it's it's where the place is. And then like we do like a clean sweep twice a day in our house. So at nap, if we're at home and there's a nap happening and sometimes Luke doesn't nap, but Zoe's always napping. So that's the time we pick up everything in the house. So we put it in its place. And some people think that's crazy because they're like, oh, the kids are going to get everything out. But John and I, we're just stressed by stuff. So we need to feel like for a little while we're in control. And then at night after the kids go down, well, before they go down, we, we try to get them. We're working on getting them to help us. And then we do a clean sweep. And so then when you wake up in the morning, you know, it's just less stressful. It is. I love that clean sweep. Stealing it. Clean sweep. 
clean it up. <laughs> and even like this morning after the, I got the kids to school, there's like, you know, the oatmeal and the dishes and the this and the that. And I was like, okay, I do like a race. I was like, okay, I have 10 minutes before I have to podcast with Nicole or I get to podcast, I should say. I'm going to just as fast as I can clean all this up. And it's all clean now. So when now when I leave the room, I'm not going to be stressed because it's all there. But anyway, going back to the whole kids thing, I still need advice on anything you guys can give me on getting kids to cooperate in the mornings because I can't wait to hear those because those are going to be in our future. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you'll learn. You'll learn. There you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we're going to do a new segment. And I need to I've asked Sarah Mari to help me come up with a fun name. Um, and I haven't we haven't connected on it yet. But right now, we'll just call it our simplicity tip, which is sort of boring. But I guess maybe we'll keep it. Ah. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we will start to sprinkle in something that we're doing or something that's helpful in this whole, what do you call it, journey yeah. to simplicity. So something that a lot of minimalists speak about is horizontal spaces being stressful. So do you want to explain yeah, that? Yes. So a bit, horizontal Paul? spaces is anything in your home, like flat space, coffee table, kitchen counter, kitchen table, desk. Um, I would even include floors in that space too. Mm. But yeah, so that's yeah. your horizontal spaces. And that is a very common, I think. And definitely for me, major trigger of stress is when the horizontal spaces are messy. Yes. So the tip is to declutter your horizontal spaces. Now that's actually like, that could be a whole podcast that would go over like years, right? We could write a book on it. So it's not like, oh, just go do it. You know, it's it's a little bit more involved than that. But I think just for this week, like go through your house and kind of notice or your desk at work or whatever, like where's the place that you see horiz- you know, clutter that's just piled and it's consistent and it yeah. stresses you out and start there. I love that. When um, I did my sister, one of her Christmas presents this year was she asked me, she didn't want a single thing from me. She wanted me to help her one with meal planning and two, she wanted me to help her declutter something. And so we did like this little game. She, I was like, okay, walk in your home. What is the first thing that you see that stresses you out? And so she came in into the house and the first thing she saw was there's this like countertop by like above the sink. And she goes, that is the first thing I see. And that is the first thing that stresses me out. And so it's good to know, like if you see that as soon as you walk in and that's already stressing you out, you haven't even like got all the way in the home yet. So that space, definitely we need to tackle that for sure. Yes. I think that's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about how that whole process. Oh man. So it was super. Super, super fun. Um, but we're it's still in progress because things were a little bit slower because me and me and Fiona had to take some breaks every now and then. <laughs> but we started with the number one space for her was this counter section and then her kitchen table. So we started there and we went through and we figured out there was some stuff that was like needed to be removed, like trash, different things like that. But then we got down to, okay, these items need to have a home. Like you were talking about every item has a space in your home. And so we went through Mm -hmm. and all of the things that kept ending up on the table is like kids' backpacks, homework, snacks from, you know, the previous snack that nobody put up. And we were talking about, okay, like, where does that 
backpack live? Like, where do you want it to live? And once we decided Mm. where that backpack lives, I was like, okay, that's it. Like the backpack no longer can be on the table because it already has a home. And so you can train your kids too. like, this is where the backpack lives and do using your clean sweep word. When you do your clean sweep, you already know where that backpack goes. So I love that. Um, so we did the, those were our two focus areas because they were the most stressful for her. We took care of those two areas. And the next time she came in from work, like the next day, she said it was just like this welcoming vibe when she came in. Like she could take a deep breath as she walked into the house because both of those areas were completely clean. And she said there was a backpack Mm. and it was sitting on a chair and she goes, but it was easy. I already knew where its home was. I didn't have to like think about where did it go or anything. Like I already knew where it was. And so she said it totally changed her whole you know, that transition from work to home is already like a stressful one. Yeah. And so she it t- totally changed her demeanor. She just walked in, breath of fresh air, and she was like, ah. <laughs> oh, that's so great. So we did that with our utility room. We started to do it because we, we had cabinets built when we redid our kitchens redid the utility room and it's a small small space so we're not talking like I mean it's very tiny and but I had them kind of customize the cabinet so that we could fit stuff where we needed it and so I put labels on each shelf and it's like the kids have like red folders and their nap mats whatever they go on this shelf and that's all that's allowed on that shelf and then we just this weekend kind of finished the project and we John bought this little hooks little baby hooks we put a knob I'll have to show you because the handles are way up high so we put one little knob on the left hand door so the kids can open it. And then down at their level, John bought these little hooks. And so it's like each one has a hook for a backpack and each one has a hook for their jacket. And then there's one big hook at the top for mom's jacket because dad barely wears his and he, he likes to keep it in the other closet. But it's awesome because literally, like you said, it's just like everything is just clear. There's just no question. About yeah, I think got. that things having a home is a big deal. And what's really cool is if you do have kids or even if you're teaching a significant other who is not as into this as you are, which <laughs> that's my situation. If I tell Vic like this object has a home, he totally honors that. Like he knows, okay, I can't leave that on the counter. One, it's going to drive Coco crazy. Or he calls me Coco. Um, But he, one, it'll drive me crazy. Two, he goes, that's not where it lives, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's so easy. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay, so let's do, so what's the try this? It's kind of similar to our simplicity tip. This week, I want you to clean off your kitchen counters. The reason we're choosing that one is because that is a super common one for people to allow to get cluttered and it super stresses them out. So de-own whatever you don't use that is on your kitchen counter. That means donate, give away, trash, whatever it is. And then go through and find homes for everything else that's on the counter. Either it goes in drawers, maybe it goes on hooks, but find a home for everything. And then, of course, take before an after pictures for us because we get giddy off of that stuff and tag us um, at coach a wags with the hashtag spark cleanout 2018 i can't wait to see these oh my gosh it's so fun and i'm so bummed because i just did this and i didn't take a before, oh i know you but, gotta uh, do that yeah you gotta do the before pictures because it's so gratifying to see like where you started and where you came from i will definitely send some of the ones from brandy's uh before and after because they're super fun yeah, and we'll post some if, if some of you guys give us permission to post them on our Insta so you can get inspiration. But yeah, I'm so mad because I did so many great big projects that would have some great visuals and I didn't take ah! before. <laughs> but 
I was so in it. Like I was so just like, ah. so I just did this and I got rid of like, I thought that I already had a really clean counter space, but we just got rid of our block knife. Like, I mean, wait, is that right? Knife block. Knife there you block. go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, something about that feels very wrong. And we have this huge block, right? And I really only use two to three of the nice big knives. The other ones just don't work that well. And then I use my kitchen shears. And then I have a set of like steak knives that I use for a little chopping or like for when we have, you know, something that needs some good cutting. So I got rid of like half my knives. And then I looked at we have really tiny drawers, even in the new kitchen, like we just, it's just not a ton of space. But this is the great thing. Like, we don't have a huge house, you don't need more space. Like, it's really about making things work for what you have. And so I took we had one little drawer with like all these kitchen utensils, I went through it, I'm still going to go through it again, because I'm like, I don't use half this stuff. And I, again, have trouble because I think my fantasy self wants to be able like wants to use all these (laughs) sexy kitchen gadgets, but I don't really cook. And it's just, and even when I do cook, I'm not using these specialty tools. So anyways, I moved those and I just, you can get a block that fits in the drawer. I'll take a picture. It is amazing. And so this drawer is just the knives. And so the whole block is off the counter. It's safer because a lot of times we put the kids on the counter when we're cooking, like Luke will cook eggs on the counter and stuff. And so there's no like, oh, they're going to grab oh, a I knife. Love that. <laughs> you know? we, I love that. That's one of the things that I still have on my counter. Mm-hmm. I'll send you a picture and I'll put a link in the show notes of the, of the block that I got. It's off Amazon. It was really inexpensive. It's bamboo. Ooh. So it's like super great for the earth. Yeah. So we did that. And then what was the other thing? There was one other major thing that I, oh yeah. So the container of, I guess it's utensils, but like, you know, the wooden spoon mm-hmm. ladles, like stuff you use to cook. So those, we have this drawer that we had created like right underneath our stovetop. And I just have like a frying pan and some basics in there. And so I just laid it all out in that drawer. And so I got rid of that whole container. OMG, love, because that's another one. Love it. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> yeah. So I'll take some pictures for you guys. And then I took a couple colorful vases that I didn't want to get rid of that when I was cleaning up my vases. So now I display those in my kitchen, which there's a nice color pop because our kitchen's like all gray and white. And so that's like just a nice, pretty thing every day in the kitchen. And then I talked before about how we got rid of all the plastic stuff and all that off our counters. So we're still, there's probably one or two more things that we're going to work on. But yeah, another one that's really big for people is appliances. So people leave those on their countertops. And I think it's like, if you don't use it every day, then take it off your counter. And if you don't use it, totally. And that's a, that's a really big one. I didn't realize how much space appliances actually take up on a counter. And now that we're in this new house, I don't have a lot of counter space like I did at the townhouse we were in. And so it is essential to not have (laughs) those things on the counter because they're huge, like blenders, toasters, those kinds of appliances are big. That takes up all of your counter space. So get rid of it. I have it under like a, in like a cabinet now. And so now I only get it out when I need it. Yeah. And some people go as far as to like just Mm -hmm. completely get rid of it. Like a lot of minimalists will just use the oven for toasting. And I get that like that's not for everybody. That's certainly not for us. Mm -hmm. We need convenience. So if you're for us, it's like if we're going to use a toaster, then we want a toaster, but we don't keep it exactly anymore, you know? Yeah. Or like we have a specialty like Nespresso coffee maker that I love and it's really beautiful. It's red. So I had it on the counter forever, but now I use the Keurig because I like that coffee better. And that is, we have this like ridiculous large Keurig just because it was a hand-me-down. And so I'm like waiting. I want it to die because (laughs) 
I'm like, please stop working so I can buy. I just want to buy like a tiny little compact one cup, you know, just small little thing, but I don't want to be wasteful. So I'm waiting. I promised myself I'd wait till it dies just because I don't <laughs> want to needlessly buy something when I have a perfectly working one. That's another like great tip that that's been challenging for me. Because if you do have the just like we have the discretionary income to be able to just go buy a coffee maker, it's not something we're fortunate enough to not have to like worry about going out and buying something like that. So for me in the past, I would just be like, Oh, I want a smaller one. And I donate that and buy a smaller one, which there's nothing wrong with that. But if you think about kind of the bigger picture of things and the excess of the world, you know, I feel like now when I buy something, I, I need to commit to using it for its yeah, life. You know, I like that. Or maybe you can give it to someone else. But it's already been a hand me down. My trainer gave it to me years ago, and the poor thing, it's not going to last much longer. So I'm going to. There gonna you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, so that's kind of the kitchen counter is the try this, and it'll be interesting to see how that goes for everybody. So any other tips that we want to give? Let's see. I really want to speak a little bit to what comes in. So we talk a lot about de-owning and getting rid of and all that kind of stuff. But the thing that I didn't realize was like, I just kept thinking that, oh, everyone has to do these huge cleanouts every year. Why would I need to do a huge cleanout if I just did one a year ago? Like, what am I bringing in? And how is that happening? Right? And in my mind, it was not actually happening. Like I wasn't buying anything, but clearly I was. Yeah, you know? Online shopping is sneaks in and <laughs> wreaks havoc. <laughs> yes. that it, Amazon's a big problem for me. We've talked a little bit about that in the podcast before. I still struggle and I still have to really ask myself about my needs. So when you shop, whether it's online or not, just ask yourself, why am I buying it? Do I really need it? Do I really love it? What purpose will it serve? And then this last question of like, what do I hope to achieve by owning it? You know, and if you get through those questions, and you still say like, it's still a positive result, then go buy it. Absolutely. But I think those questions will stop a lot yeah, of our Yeah, I think purchases. so too. And I am definitely now on that whole board now that <laughs> now that I have the little one, we're not like going to the physical grocery store um, as much. I'm using a lot more Amazon. So I'm definitely going to be writing those questions down <laughs> for myself <laughs> to make sure that I'm making essential purchases. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I've always been of the mindset of like buying in bulk. We, we had a whole episode <laughs> on that, I remember because it's cheaper and all that kind of stuff. And that's something I've really shifted. There's very few things that I buy in bulk now. And even that, like, so one of the things like we buy in bulk is like toilet paper, which we're going to still use that. Don't worry, guys. Don't, we're not going to use toilet paper. <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely not there. But the other thing is paper towels. And I've always felt like when I use paper towels, it's super wasteful because mm -hmm. it is. And so now what I'm doing is and my mom has taught me this before too, like to cut up old clothes. So it's a great repurposing, especially when you have kids. But even like when you go through your own closet, if you have like a beautiful cotton shirt or sweatshirt or whatever, that's just a great feel, but there's a stain on it or you just don't love it anymore. It's a great reuse of your item, especially because, you know, we often think that when we put our donations for clothes and we send it off to Goodwill or a charity that we're just like, it's great. But there is a ridiculous amount of excess in textiles and especially stuff that's not uh, biodegradable, that's not cotton, the pla um, polyesters and things like that. They're all, it's all just going to landfills. And 
because we're like living in a society that's all about throwaway, it's all just like, oh, I'll buy this one trendy thing or I'll buy these, you know, cheap clothes and then I'll just, you know, buy something new next year. You know, the fabrics, none of those cheap fabrics are even cotton. They're all fake, right? And I didn't know that. My mom's really into sewing and she's really in the fabric world. And there's some great documentaries out that I haven't seen that I really want to watch about it. But if you can really think globally on how this whole world, your whole focus on simplicity is also going to positively affect the world, right? So anyway, so that's really been on my mind and my heart lately. And so I think of the usefulness of the clothes that I buy. And then I'm also trying to think of things like, okay, well, paper towels. So a couple different things. One is that you can take, make rags out of these awesome cotton fabrics. So that's what we did. Like I've made a ton of rags and we're almost completely done with using paper towels. We just don't need them. And so I have like a little basket that I keep in my laundry room. And anytime we have a dirty rag, we just stick it in there. And then once it's full, I wash it. And the key to this system is that you have to have a lot of rags. So if you don't want to go and buy a bunch of rags, which I don't suggest, like just get cut up your clothes and kids clothes like especially baby stuff when you're done with it Nicole because it's there's just kid stuff baby stuff gets stained it's mm. nasty like you're gonna give that to goodwill no one wants to put that on their baby <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know what I mean no, that's true you know yeah so we think like oh I'm doing this great thing but it's like no that's just get, guess what happens we're basically giving our trash to them and then we're, we're making them deal with it and then having them put it in the trash which is what ends up happening with a lot of the stuff right so I'll get off my soapbox now. But it's just it's so fascinating to me. And I didn't I just was so ignorant to all this stuff before. So now that I'm kind of on this journey, part of my goal is to is to share what I learn because I think it's so important for us to be really aware of what our actions are doing for not just ourselves, but but I love that. Though I'm like super thinking about my paper towels. <laughs> yeah, I know, I always right? thought about paper towels yeah. are so expensive too. When you buy in bulk, like they're crazy they expensive. Are. So now you're making me rethink this. I'm I'm digging it. I'm gonna ponder it. Yes, absolutely. I can help anyone with this. This one is something I've been doing like slowly for a long time. And now it just kind of went full on. So also that gives us this like a whole shelf in a closet that we used to always have these when I would go to Costco and buy the bulk, right? I probably had like five rolls left and I've had them for months now. That is that's fantastic. (laughs) And the amount of money you've saved and let alone everything else you're doing like in the planet. I love it. Yeah. So there's it's just like a feel good all around. So that's kind of a, a fun one. But going back to kind of how things come in. So that that was my thought on some of the bulk things I've done. What else have you done as far as like stopping the clutter from coming in? A lot of people call it clutter creep, which I kind of like. Because <laughs> it's clutter sneaky, creep. You know? I like that. Um, I would say a lot of what I do now is more intentional shopping. So when we do like this, I don't know why this one popped into my mind, but the spices Um, when we're cooking, I had a gazillion different spices. And every time I would see like a new spice on a recipe, I would like go and buy this like massive big one of it. And so I ended up having tons and tons of spices and I'd have these big versions of them and you can only use them. I mean, it'd be something random that you could only use on like every hundredth recipe I would actually cook. And so what I've been doing with spices is one, I've realized that salt and pepper go a long way in in the spice department. You don't have to have all these fancy spices, which when you read recipes, you start to think that you do have to have them, but you really don't. There's lots of substitutes for stuff. But I've been more intentional about buying smaller, like buy the small, the amount I need of a spice and not an entire bulk one I can get at Costco (laughs) because it would save money for being cheaper. But in the end, it doesn't because it goes bad and then it you don't use it all. So I would definitely say the spices is one area that I've been really intentional about not letting the clutter creep in. 
in there because I swear I we probably had like 85 spices, dude. Isn't that crazy? Oh, yeah. That's insane. 85? Are you serious? It was nutty. And Vic is so sweet. He alphabetized them for me and everything. And it, I mean, it was massive because I had a lot of cabinet space at the previous house. But here, I literally don't have that much room to work with. And then I was realizing like... N- more than half of these spices were out of date anyway, because you buy so big and you don't use like the random ones all of the time. So I was like, this is silly. This is silly. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's so crazy. Yeah. No, it is true. And you think about Mm -hmm. bulk. Yeah. It's just that it it can go bad or, or also I think it's Marie Kondo that talks about like, what is the actual cost of, of the space that you have? And when I read it, I was like, I wasn't like, really on this journey in that way. And it was the beginning. And so I was like, whatever. I'm like, oh, it saves me tons of money. So I don't know what you're talking about. It's just space. I have a space what matters. But, you know, and that can be true for certain things, right? But if it adds to the feeling of everything being full and overwhelmed, and no space for other stuff, and then you're opening closets and stuff's falling down on you. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, exactly. But that's how the bulk <laughs> stuff would trick me into thinking that I needed to have a really big one because I was saving money, you know. So don't fall into that trap unless you actually need that much of it. Yeah, we still go to Costco quite a bit just because we buy like they have a lot of good organic produce and the kids will eat. They'll eat me out of house and home with just like berries, yeah. you know, like I went to Central Market the other day. I bought, you know, the tiny little thing of organic raspberries was like $5. Well, Zoe's in one sitting and <laughs> eats it as a snack. I mean, she's 20 months old. She's just like, <laughs> pounds it. So then the rest of us are like, what about ours? You know, so I'll go and, you know, they have a ton and it's much more economical. But I just have to be careful that I mainly just go in certain sections of the store. And then like, if I do need like olive oil or cooking spray or something like that, I generally ask my mom. Um, do you need some too? And then we'll share it. Like she'll take one and I'll take one, you know? No, oh, yeah, exactly. No, it's a great idea. I love that. Yeah, just so it's not in there forever. But yeah, so I think focus on what comes in when you're buying things as much as you're focusing on getting rid of stuff because that's that's something that I feel like, at least for me, wasn't covered in a lot of the stuff that I was researching. I was just reading all stuff about getting rid of stuff and I, I wasn't solving the problem, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. I think that's something that people forget to mention. And then then that's why in six months, we are cleaning yes. out the garage again. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I just want to briefly mention, we've mentioned in a couple episodes ago that I do offer one-to-one coaching. And I have a package called the Fireworks VIP Package. And I only work with a very small handful of clients. I have a couple right now, and I'm only taking up to two more for the first half of this year. Um, it is definitely a high level, high commitment program. So if you go to AngelaWagnerCoaching.com and you click on work with me, you'll see the Spark program and then you'll also see the one-to-one coaching and it'll give you some more details and feel free to email me directly. I love working one-on-one with people. This is where I can really help you dive down into the whys and this is where you can make some really serious permanent change in your life. So if you're at that place and you just want to take off, like this, this could be a solution. So... I invite you to check it out. All right. So I'm going to finish this off with a shout out. And my shout out goes to my essential oil <laughs> Yeah. I have now, I think we have six in our house. I'm not, I'm not That's exaggerating. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's part of my ritual of relaxation and like intentional living and creating a space. And I've just, 
we're going to do some episodes later on oils because that's also been a huge focus of where I've been lately and how much it's really helped my whole family. Like my husband's obsessed with them. Oh, we love it. But I just love the diffuser. It's such a simple thing to do. You just put water in it, you put your essential oils and it can change your mood instantly. So um, just shout out. Shout it out. Shout it out. (laughs) Next week on the Spark Podcast. Welcome, Sienna. Thank you. Thank you so much. Depression or anxiety, anger is completely dependent on your emotional body fitness. And the end result is you tend to only see the things that are negative or they come up so much brighter in your awareness. Shiny and bright. Yay! All right, y'all, that's all we got for you this week. So thank you so much for listening. If you have a few extra minutes, please tell your friends, leave us a review, do all the stuff. Um, It helps us out so much. And we really, really want to spread the word this year about our podcast. Um, You can find the show notes, blog posts, all the goodies at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Coach A. Wags. And please share your suggestions, comments, pictures, questions with us on social media. We love to know what you're up to. Remember this week to take the time to give thanks, raise a glass, and discover what it is that sparks you.